Welcome to the Bible Talks with Josh and Heather. This is a show that will discuss theology and theological concepts in a simple way. Right, so if you're interested in theology but don't consider yourself a theologian, this is the show for you. We're Josh and Heather Tice, and we minister to and lead Southern Hills Baptist Church in Las Vegas. You can find this and previous episodes on our iTunes podcast or at KVXL 101.1 Experience Liberty Radio. And we always start with a little fun. So, Josh, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. This is episode 10 on the Bible Talks, and today I have a great opener question just to get us talking. Okay, I'm ready for the opener question. This is a good one. Go. Describe one of your weird fears or paranoias. Like if you were on Fear Factor, what wouldn't you do for $50,000? Okay, weird fears or paranoias. For $50,000, though, I'd almost do anything. Okay, forget the Fear Factor thing. (laughs) Okay. But what would it take a lot of money to make you face? Um... Okay, so I'm not good with bugs, specifically roaches. I cannot abide uh, roaches, man. They freak me out. Did you hear about the roach that the guy tried to kill with Axe body spray? No, I have no idea. Well, now the roach insists that you call him Brett, and he talks about CrossFit all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a joke? Yeah. Wow. See, this is surprising. I've been married to you for years, and jokes are just not your thing. What was wrong? You tell it. Did, did you How read that you on delivery? Facebook or something? Yeah, it's a Facebook post, and I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, that's. I tried it at, at another time I was speaking. You tried and it went to about kill as a well there as it did here. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. Nobody else laughs at it. <laughs> What's wrong you with my delivery? <laughs> there's a lot. Like, <laughs> there's a lot wrong with. Do you want to talk about this? Yeah, you say it. Tell the, the joke and make it funny. Hey. Hey, did what? You hear, did you hear the one about the cockroach? No, what? Well, they tried to kill him with bo- Axe body spray. Okay. Yeah, now now it didn't kill him though. It didn't. No, he's not what dead. Happened? No, instead instead he insists that everybody call him Brett. <laughs> and he talks about CrossFit all the time. Do you know what I like about that joke? What? Is that I feel like I am that roach. <laughs> Cuz like we you talk use about Axe body spray. No, I'm wondering. But we talk about CrossFit all the time. I was wondering what you smell Don't like. Don't you feel like that roach? Like it's such a part of your life now. No, I don't use Axe body spray. No, My name not, is not that. Brett. Pro- okay, we got to move on. That oh, was so I, off topic. Yeah. So roaches. So you're afraid of yes. roaches. Yeah, roaches. I. What can't. if the roaches would name Brett? Would you be afraid of a roach named if, Brett? If a roach <laughs> came up to me and said, "Hi, my name is Brett, and I wear Axe body spray," I would not be having a good day. In fact, I was thinking I would think I was in a dream. Did I tell you that I I I I called out a dream the other day? Like literally, I'm in a dream, and I realized I'm in a dream, and I said. I think I'm dreaming. That's like, so weird. Have you ever been in a dream and you realized it was a dream? I've never done that. Okay, so I'm in this Until dream. Until I like, am falling in. And I forget exactly what's happening, but everything is going badly, and I thought to myself, this is impossible. And then I thought to myself, how did I get in this situation? And I realized I never did get in this situation. I remember saying out loud, this is a dream. And, I, and to prove it, I went and I jumped off of a couch and landed on my head because I knew that I, I knew that would wake me up. I hope that you don't try this. Like you're gonna be in a bad day someday, you, and you're gonna jump off a couch and be taken to the hospital. I woke up and I'm like, oh, I was right. It was a dream. It's amazing. You you have conquered your <laughs> subconscious. I win. So, but you've not conquered your fear of roaches, which again, you you're well, keep that diverting one, that the topic. One's, that here. one's deeper. So why are you afraid of roaches? It goes back to childhood issues. Childhood issues. Okay. Yes. And it is true. I will say, you don't kill the roaches at the Tice home. 
Wow, Heather, thanks for le- talking about this. Let's talk about this. Let's talk My about how- My fear's worse. Mine is way dumber. Let's talk about how I call you in to kill the roaches. That yeah. will make me feel <laughs> so manly. True. You don't kill the roaches. They freak you out. And one time the kids and I even put a little rubber roach- do you remember this? We put the rubber roach no, that they yeah, brought home from school. I, like, I don't remember you this. You were sleeping. Right. This is so cruel. Right. And I would never let you do this to right. me with my fear. Right. But you're a better person than me. And you put and it on my pillow. And we put it on your pillow on next pillow. to you. And we heard you when you woke up. It was so funny. <laughs> okay. So my fear is really stupid. Much worse than you know, that. That's, you know, I was trying it's to traumatic, divert. and you're laughing about it as if I'm not a We're real We're trying person. to help you conquer your fear, just like you helped me with my fear. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, so my fear is really stupid. I have no story to back it up. There's no explanation for it. I've never had a bad encounter, so to speak. That you remember. These, that I remember, or that anyone's ever told me about. Folks, she's afraid of fish. I am, and the little fish are the scarier ones. Like a barracuda, I'm fine. I love shark. Shark Week's my favorite. I'd even, I'd really dig a scar. Like, I don't want to lose a limb. This is so random. But a shark scar, like, I think that's yeah. great. You've got a great story. It makes you look right. tough. Like, you met the shark. But you're and afraid you of fish. This but is what I don't fish, understand. Yeah, like, I don't think they're pretty. I don't think they're cute. They've got bulging eyes. They flop around. What about they Nemo? Dart around. What about Nemo? I hate Nemo. I wish death to Nemo. And I'm sorry if there are children listening. You I know want, you think you he's want cute, Nemo to die. Yeah, I do. Why? Because he's got a he's got a a, a, a no, fin that doesn't work. No, it's not because he's a special fish. It's wow. Cause, it's because he's a little fish. All the little fish. Nemo's dad, Dory. I'm sorry. You want Dory to die? Yeah, I do. Folks, I can't stand now you all. understand what I live with. I mean, yeah. I am no. Let me say this: Who wants Dory to die? Let me say this: I wish death to all fish. And I know someone, some scientists get on here and tell me how they're natural or they're needed for the ecosystem. I get that. That's fine. As long as they stay in their little place. Okay. But here's the thing. I want to say this. Josh, do you like sports? Uh, Of course. I'm a man. No, no. Do you like baseball and football and stuff like that? No. What is your favorite sport in the area of sportsmanship broadly? Fishing. Fishing. I like fishing. So I hate fish. I'm scared of fish. I always have been. Yeah. And I married a man who loves to fish, which I just... I'm thankful we live in a desert. I haven't fished in and 15 years. And I will say that your favorite pastimes are in up. the ocean. But you did not it. give it up. It's because we live out here. So, no, honestly, when what? we go on vacation and we are in a tropical location, what right. do I do? Because I love you. Heather will send me fishing. No, not what? just that. I snorkel with you. Oh, that's right. I have, yeah. I have she snorkeled. She actually snorkeled. And I'm telling you, I snorkel with my hands by my face. Yeah. Because I am going to hit a fish one right. day. She plans on and I try to fish. stay away like from them. That's why I like the big ones. The big like ones that's a thing. and I are cool. Like I swim to the drop off, y'all. You, you and need they to mind understand their own something if you're listening to this. Those and it's little true. ones around and the we coral. spent way too much time talking about this. But yeah. she literally will paddle her feet and with her goggles on her face, with her hands clenched into yeah. fists. I'm in my guard position, ready like boxing. to hit, punch a fish. Yeah. Here comes Nemo. Punch him. So, yeah. first of all, that's not a thing. Secondly, oh, it's, it's be insane. Like, you no. need to seek treatment no. on this issue. <laughs> that is my treatment. It's like I'm ready to defend myself. Oh, my and I just want to say that I have snorkeled twice with you, sir, because yeah. I love and you so years much. Of marriage. Thank and you. I had a good time out there. Um, there were some traumatic things that happened that right. we don't have to get like to go into on the way fish. back. Like, no, that were bad. But the second time we went out, this is funny, it was a rocky place. And I'm sitting there on the rocks, getting up my nerve to go out because I knew it would be okay and I knew we'd have a good time. And we'd be bonding. But I'm sitting there and tears are like streaming down my cheeks because fear is like that. And little children are running past me in the water like to see the fish. And I'm sitting there crying. It's so stupid. 
But that's what I'm afraid of. Little fish. So I don't want to see your, your goldfish. What, what is your phobia? Maybe you're listening and you're thinking, oh, I have a phobia. What is your phobia? Go to our Facebook yeah. page and, and let us know. And none We'd of those to... fake ones, like you love too much, you're afraid of giving too much, caring too much. Right. None of that garbage. Like, give us the real deal. What I'm are you so afraid of? I'm so afraid of helping yes. too many people. I can't help myself. Yeah. Baloney. <laughs> yes. What are you afraid of? All right. Is it clowns? Yes. I know somebody there's like, they just turned off the podcast because I just said the word clowns. Hey, you know what I did anyway. with our girls? <laughs> so not too long ago, there was a movie on television about a scary cr- clown uh, or an advertisement about it. And my girls yeah, we, they did not came into our, <laughs> the, my girls came into the room and they snuggled in bed and the, I said, what's wrong? They said, we saw a scary commercial of a clown. Well, I had seen the commercial, so I thought, oh, this will be fun. So <laughs> I put them to bed this is awful. and then I turned off all the lights and then I snuck into their room with a flashlight and I ran up to them going <laughs> like the clown does on the commercial and they freaked <laughs> out. Yeah, I could hear him crying upstairs. Jonathan came down to get water and he's like, Mom, do you hear the girls? <laughs> I had to stay up there for 30 minutes to comfort yeah. them. <laughs> this what is you the, get. This is, we're going to teach on parenting later and you'll see that this oh. is a great, oh my a great idea. All right. That's enough of that. <laughs> Okay, let's get into the content for today. The content for today is all about creation, right? Creation, yes. So we're talking about creation, and we're talking about specifically the biblical act of creation. And um, we're talking about uh, the origin of not only the species, we're talking about the origin of all life uh, on this planet and in this universe. So we, we divide it into two main categories, immediate creation and immediate creation. What do we mean by that? What's the difference? This is interesting because I had not really thought about this until we discussed it. So immediate creation is what we typically think of. It's um, the ex nihilo, out of nothing creation. That's what we think of in the beginning in Henesis. (laughs) (laughs) Did you you just refer to Genesis as Henesis? One of our running gags here. We'll ask Crystal. Is that correct way to pronounce it? Or is it it Genesis? Because she went to Israel once and (laughs) she knows Hebrew now. So So in the book of Genesis, (laughs) at the beginning of your Bible, no, uh, it does talk about this out of nothing creation that God just speaks the world into existence. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Right. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So he Mm. just speaks. And out of yeah. nothing becomes something. Yeah, it, that verse it's goes on to say things creation. which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Right. It was out of nothing. So God has the ability to immediately create something out of nothing, but we also believe in another type of creation, and that is immediate creation, which is the idea that God can recreate out of something. What does that And mean? we would see this like in the miracles of Cana. Um, where Jesus turns water into wine. Right, he doesn't create wine out of nothing. He creates wine out of water. Now here's my question. We talk about a lot of times artists and different people being creative. Right. And we always, I remember explaining to the children when we were talking about creation, that creation is only something God can do, but the creation, uh, being creative is something different. But that would be immediate creation, wouldn't it? Where an artist takes a canvas and paint right. we and are, reflects the image of God in a sense by being creative with that and making something new out of it. Right. We, the creation of God, can be, be creative and we can create in a immediate way. Yeah, we can take something and create something out of something. But it's only God that can create something out of nothing. Right. Now, can we talk about one more aspect before we move on with immediate creation? Yeah. I love the fact that 
um, and I, again, we hadn't really thought about this until we were looking at it as a topic of conversation. Yeah. And as we begin to talk about it, it's an interesting fact that God can do something with something. He can make something new out right. of something he's got. Right. And that's one of my favorite things. That's in Second Corinthians 5.17 that he does with us. Right. Therefore, Salvation. if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, a new creation. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So as we look at our life and we, we come to God with this piece of our life or this aspect of our personality or this weakness or whatever, God can take that thing and change it into something totally different that brings glory to him. He is the God who is not only the God of creation immediate, but creation mediate. He can take something and something that is bad and turn it into something good. So mm. this this is the concept of creation. And, and um, it also there's also an aspect when it comes to creation. This actually bleeds into the conversation of creation, quote-unquote, versus evolution, which is a way in which I don't really like that setup because it gives the idea that creationists are not scientific or mm. creationists don't believe in evolution, and that, not, that can't be further from the truth. Wait, are you saying that you believe in evolution, Yes, Josh I do. Tice? Yes, I do, Absolutely. Um, most creationists do. It's what type of evolution do we believe in? So I would not, I would not partake into the concept and believe into, buy into the concept of uh, macro evolution. But I do in micro evolution. Macro evolution is the idea that one species can jump into another species through broad jumps so an of example. evolutionary process. Give me an example in the animal well, kingdom. Well, like a fish suddenly crawling out of the water and becoming a lizard, or a lizard jumping out of a tree and becoming a bird. Um, why would I not believe in that type of macro evolution? Well, because the fossil record doesn't contain it. This is why mm. it's called the missing link. But I do believe in micro evolution. That is, within species, dogs, for example, can breed and they can create, or what we would call immediate creation, there could be um, creations of new, sp uh, uh, of new dogs within dogs. So you can breed is one kind of dog within a... Or can it be also through the environment, yeah. changing something? Yeah, absolutely. For and example, thing in adapting. Right, absolutely. I think there's adaptation. I think there's a concept of environmental adaptation. I think that that would definitely be true with, with human beings. But I also think that that would be true when it comes to um, animal kingdom, plant life, mm. all the way around. I mean, we, we go through the store all the time and we see different types of citrus that you can buy hmm. because yeah. somebody grafted this plant into that plant and now you have a tangelo. So <laughs> I, it's not that we don't believe. Tangelo, that's a fun word. Tangelo. It's not that we don't believe. <laughs> tangelo. And I think this is one of the aspects that really is missing from the conversation of quote unquote creation versus evolution is that creationists don't believe in evolution. No, that's not true. We're biologists. We understand these things. Now, I'm not technically. I'm just a pastor. <laughs> But You're not a marine biologist. <laughs> marine biologist. Yeah, I wanted to throw that one in. You're very good. That's the nice best reference. kind of biologist. Yeah. Marine biologist. The pinnacle of, of biologists. Of course, yeah. Vandalay Industries. Yes. Oh, so, <laughs> um, no, I, I think I think that gives the idea that there is no scientific backing or thought process. It's just that we can't buy into the idea of macroevolution, jumping from one species to the other. We believe that there was at the beginning a creator who created all things, including specific kinds. Now, that's the word that the Bible uses. It's not species. That's a, a modern concept, obviously. But, but kinds, that is, God created certain kinds, and those kinds would breed with those kinds, and those mm -hmm. kinds would have new of those kinds. So dogs so were dogs, and do dogs created new dogs. Do you hold the belief that when the ark 
was built and the animals went on the ark, there were two of each kind. Yeah. So two there was two dogs. Right. And that was it. For right. The dog kingdom. Right. Because inside the genetic. <laughs> I just made it a kingdom. I am so unscientific. No, but it's true. To like, the dog castle. <laughs> what, <laughs> what we would say is there could be two canines that arrive yes. on the ark and within their genetic code is found all that is necessary for all the different kinds of dogs that would come from mm-hmm. those dogs. So the idea that we need to make sure there are St. Bernard's as well as Chihuahuas on the Ark is unnecessary for our understanding of the way biology mm. works or zoology okay. works. Interesting. I yeah. agree with that. And that really helps me understand. Um, and that's why we do need to be students as well of things like that, because um, as you hear more about creation and through creation studies through, um, I think it was Answers in Genesis, where I first heard that concept of the ark having um, those kinds. It made so much more sense. Yeah, I, I would encourage our listeners to go to AnswersInGenesis.com. Ken Ham is an incredible resource in understanding these things mm-hmm. further from a scientific point of view. Yes. So both creation and evolution, though, we just decided are based on faith. Right. There, one, one of the big problems that we have is when we we set ourselves up against those who would be atheists or many times anti-theists, those who are against God, they want to establish the conversation as um, God believers versus science believers. Um, That is, we are scientific and we don't take things by faith. You are God people and you take things by faith. So it's faith versus science. Well, that's, that's a little ridiculous because when it comes to a pure evolutionary Darwinist point of view, it is a position of faith. The position they take is a position of we choose to believe, not because of scientific proof, but because of worldview and decisions to believe what they want to believe. Now, some would say, oh, no, 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 no. I know that the evolutionary chart worked the way it did because of scientific proof. And the answer to that is show me the scientific proof. Right. Um, our, our son is a freshman in school this year, and he is taking physics, which means I am also taking basic physics. <laughs> I am <laughs> trying to study it on the weekends. I'm behind, but this is my weekend to catch up. But I was fascinated as we're looking at um, scientists and observation. One of the things that his book discussed was talking about the fact that the scientific method demands that you can see the process. Two things are required. If you're trying to do a science experiment and prove something, then you have to have observability and repeatability in a controlled environment. Right. And you can't do that with creation, we can't repeat it, we can't observe it, right. or evolution. You don't right. see it happening today. Um, again, you see it microevolution, but again, yeah, that's we can not what abs- we're talking about. We can absolutely have observation and repeatability when it comes to within a kind or within a species um, breeding that takes place, and we have different types of that species. We can see that. What we don't see is dogs turning into cats. What we don't see is apes turning into man. Yeah. And if you cannot observe it, according to the scientific method, if you cannot observe it and you cannot repeat it, then it's not scientific. It's a position of faith. Somebody chooses to believe that because that's what they choose to believe. So this book that I was reading as we're going through science, and it really was preparing the kids to try to think scientifically. And as you're doing an experiment, um, to think through the process of how you're going to prove it. And it said one of, it was so interesting, one of the enemies of science is assumption. And when assumption bleeds into your thinking process or bleeds into, I should say, your your experimentation, because you know this is right, so this is what it has to be. Right. You're not truly looking at your experiment and what the results are. You're not truly looking at observation um, and repeatability. Right. Then you've got faulty facts at the end of your experiment. Right. So the question is, 
is it possible to be completely unbiased without assumption? Let's ask this question. What is the assumption of the theist? The assumption of the theist is there is a God. Mm-hmm. I, I totally own my prejudice. I totally yeah. own my assumption. I'm coming to the conversation assuming there is a God. But what is the assumption of the atheist? What is the assumption is there is no God. They're coming mm-hmm. to the conversation just as biased yeah. as the theist. They want I would say to more come, so because I know, and we talked about this in a couple episodes ago, but I do believe we have proofs of a God. Right. We talked about that, the way God reveals himself. Right. Um, and even through our own personal relationship with him, I think we're coming with more proofs. Right, so the atheist has to come and say, here are my proofs, there is no God anywhere in the universe who ever has been. And that is a, a big challenge. Here's, a, here's another thought I think that's interesting about origin. Where did the world come from? The question is, is there anybody who ever observed and wrote it down? Oh, and the answer good. is yes. See, here's the problem with, with uh, evolution, as in evolution in regards to origin. Nobody observed it. Mm. So how could it be scientific? Nobody observed it. You say, well, nobody observed creation. That's not true. God observed creation, and he mm. wrote down. He told us the order of events He told creation. us the order of events. He told us specific details about it. He deci- yeah. described how it took place by his very word. And, and then you say, well, then you have to just believe that there is a God and trust his word. Yep. That's where we are. We would sit back and say, mm-hmm. there was somebody who was there. He wrote it down. So scientifically speaking, it was observed and recorded. Somebody who doesn't believe it simply chooses not to believe the source. And right. you, have, you have a free will to do that. I think it's interesting. There's an evolutionist named Lewis T. Moore, and he said this about evolution. The, the more one stays paleontology, and that's the fossil record for those of us who are less scientific. The more one stays paleontology the more certain one becomes that evolution is based on faith. Why faith? Why faith? Because it can't be proven. When you study the fossil record, you are left with big gaps that Mm -hmm. have traditionally become known as, to the layman, the missing link. Where is it? The answer is you haven't found it. You bore me, (laughs) right? So that's that's a major problem. So is creation a position of faith? Yes, Mm -hmm. because we believe that there was a God who created, and he wrote down what he observed. Yeah. Is evolution a position of faith? Yes. It's yeah, just David as much Albrook, a position of faith. who's a professor of anatomy at the University of Western Australia, said evolution is a time-honored scientific tenet of faith. Right. So it as an evolution himself, uh, he said it is a faith. Now, again, I would say ours is a faith, but it's a reasonable faith. Whereas theirs would be unreasonable. Again, because it's based on observation. The prime difference between creation and evolution is that creation was observed and recorded by God. Nobody, nobody observed Mm -hmm. and recorded evolution. Therefore, one is reasonable, the other is not. Mm. Yeah, and more so, I think it's just interesting the fact that creation was that one-time event. Evolution, why did it stop? Why is there not that continuing? Right. um, Evolving. I mean, it makes right. more sense that creation was an event for that time and that yeah. it's done. That's why we don't see God creating new things today in that sense out of the out know, of immediate nothing. creation. Right. We see immediate. But, um, yeah, that's an interesting. So we have some fun questions about creation that you, you jotted down here. I like these. Um, this things... is something we talk about quite a bit as a couple. Yeah. So these are not new to us, these topics. If you've never read C.S. Lewis, um, he's the one who wrote Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, which is most famous chronicles of Narnia. 
uh, but he is incredible writer. And if you read through the rest of the Chronicles of Narnia, he's got a, a obviously fictionalized, fictionalized concept of the way creation may have taken place. And that is out of the ground watching... Uh, watching the the dust of the ground and the dirt of the ground, it's literally like mud, mold. as he describes it. Right, mold rising up, rising up and yeah. forming a lion. Mm. You know, and the sound that comes out. And we can't describe it as well as him because we're not C.S. Lewis. <laughs> but beautiful. But we listen to it with our kids, and yeah. I had never had that concept. I just always had the concept of things appearing, which I know sometimes it did. But you see, like things coming from the earth. I mean, we know man was made from the earth. Right. So did God speak it and it began to rise up and form or was it an immediate See, act? when we talk about things we'd like to observe uh, and see back in creation, man, yeah. I'd love to see that. Uh, the Bible Genesis account only tells us so much, but I would love to go back and fill in those gaps and see what did creation actually look like. What a fascinating thing that would have been. And Lewis and others have tried to hypothesize through fiction what that exa- what that would have been like. Now, yeah. you and I have talked about something interesting about what we would call the pre-flood days, the yes. Noetic era. What happened prior I to Noah? I think it may have been pre-fall. Pre-fall days. I so, would specify that. We talk about specifically the animals. Um, yes. There is in literature, across the board, Lewis is famous for this, but across the board there's in literature a concept, and some of our audience is going to be kind of like, really, you're going there? There's this concept of uh, this ancient tradition of perhaps speaking animal kind. Yeah, and I thought about this before, Lewis, because as I would teach, um, I mean, if you're teaching children, you, you end up being in Genesis and right. fall a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so we were talking about Adam and Eve and the serpent a lot. And again, this is just us kind of wondering out there. I'm not making a statement because we just don't know. Right. But there is that thought of when the serpent talks to Eve, she just talks right back to him. Yeah. There's no surprise. And I know you could argue that with Balaam's donkey, which is a little bit later. Yeah. We don't get to see his shock. So there's the counter the rebuttal for those of you who are thinking that right now. I threw it out there. But it is interesting to me that she just has this whole dialogue with this creature. Without questioning, yeah. why is a snake talking to Which, me? Which, I mean, if a snake came up and said something to you, Josh, I, I, what would be the first thing that you would say? Like, I would say, dear God, why is a snake talking yeah. to me? <laughs> or how are you talking? <laughs> what right. is going on? And there just seems to be this, well, this clearly, from comfortability. Our, from our worldview and from our perspective and time and history, this seems like a natural impossibility. Yeah. But what if what if the animal kingdom, here's the what if, what if the animal kingdom um, uh, prior to the fall and maybe even after the fall for quite a bit of time, we have no concept of how much time really between the fall and the flood and what the world looked like during that time. Um, what was it in the animal kingdom that may have been different? Could it have been yeah. that they were created with a much higher intelligence, um, a not human soul in any way, but much higher intelligence that there could have been communicative abilities uh, between yeah, the animal kingdom everything and Everything that we see today man. is just a glimpse. Um, the good things are just a glimpse of heaven, which is that perfect created Right. State. We believe that the eventual eternal kingdom of heaven will be a return to the Adonic state. So, that is a return to Eden. Could it be that when we arrive in heaven one day, that the animals that God has are not dumbed down through the through the curse yeah. of sin, animals that we see today, yeah, but that they are restored us. in their intelligence? Could it be us that don't understand them? Yeah. Could it be That's that humans the hu- humankind's intelligence have decreased in such a way through the laws of entropy that we've lost our ability to speak with the animals. I had, I was with a friend the other day, and she was pointing out her little puppy. She just loves her two little dogs. Yeah. 
and they had lots of energy, but she was talking about how the one just understood her. And I'm watching this little dog, wow. and she said something to it, and I, it looked just like that dog knew exactly what she was talking yeah. about. Yeah, wasn't just words. And we know there's learned behavior and different things. So when you think about that concept of perfect creation, and yeah. our world is so broken by sin. Yeah, we we all. What are the effects on the animal kingdom? Right. Or what, on what we see in the laws of entropy of is that we have a con continually decreasing problem in our planet we are not getting better we're getting worse things are falling apart not getting back into place if that's the case what was it like i mean when you look at the tower of babel and the story that takes place there all the intricacies of the changing of the language did it only affect the languages between human and human we don't know and so we hypothesize so that in the early days of genesis if someone made you yeah make a call today what would you guess you know i would i would um I would guess, <laughs> I would guess that, yeah, perhaps. Uh, You're doing a perhaps. You've got to state your ground. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, push me into a corner. I'm no, going to be a politician I, here. I'm saying say it's a possibility. I'm saying it's something that theologians I, have discussed over coffee for hundreds of years. I would say I think it's more than a possibility. I would say I lean highly into that. Yeah. Maybe I'm more of an animal lover than you are, though. Yeah, I, 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 maybe I'd be an animal lover if they, if they could talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I know from having pets, there. And I could talk an to them and say, thing. quit having dander and making me yeah. allergic. <laughs> so I lean into that. I think animals did talk. Um, now, here's a question that yeah. I've wondered about. Okay, so we know that work was not part of the curse. They were told to tend the garden, take sure. care of it. So here's my question, Josh. Before the fall, were there weeds? Weeds before the fall. Um, that is a great question. They were supposed to tend the garden. I think that part of the Garden of Eden included work, obviously, like you stated, that labor was a different thing. Mm -hmm. The Bible says specifically thorns and thistles came out of the ground and made that, that natural work of tending the garden difficult for Adam. So were there weeds? <laughs> That's a great question. I and don't, did fruit decay? I don't know. Now, I would say that there was did no they death. Did pick the fruit? Would I believe rot? that all death began at the fall. So that would include death of... Uh, man, man, that would include death of animal, and I would think that would include death of, of plant. Uh, so you're saying uh, the fruit's not going to decay? Yeah, and there are, I, you know, yeah. I don't know. Uh, there are people, I, there I are could, people that I disagree that. on that, and they would say that the death and life cycle of plant life would have been part of the pre-fall moments. Yeah, I guess, how are you going to reproduce the plants to have, to feed? I don't know. I don't know. There's so much that is not stated there. I do know with grass. I learned so much from my children's school. <laughs> I think I learned more from studying with them than I did when I was in school. So Savannah and I were just looking at the process of grass, okay, in her, her science. And grass has got two parts. It's got the sheath on the bottom, which is what actually produces a new growth, and then it's got the blade on top. So when cows eat the grass, guess what they eat? The blade. And the sheath is there still to produce more. Hmm. So I don't know. That plays into that a little bit in a roundabout sort of way. But the idea of weeds, we've had this conversation with a friend, and he brought up the point that his mom is very into herbology and different plant life, and he made the, the statement that a lot of times the things that we consider weeds are not really actually weeds today. You know, they're valuable things if we knew how to use them. So again, that could go oh, more into interesting. Yeah. our state of decline. In understanding the plant world, the we don't know all the of uses that. of them. And right, so we look at it and we're like, oh, yeah. we don't need that dandelion. And the answer is no. If you put that in a yeah. tea, it'll smell good and taste good. Okay, here's to, uh, just a couple more questions. Did Adam and Eve sweat and did they smell? Was there B.O. in the garden? B.O. in the yeah, garden? Yeah, I just went there. 
What do you it's think? Like, I think we're going back to Axe body spray. I see how this whole thing is is circular. <laughs> Brett wants to know <laughs> in his roachiness. Did they sweat? Did they smell? What What's the point? And I, I apologize I to all of our listeners named Brett. We think you're wonderful people. That was just what the meme said, so I went with it. If your name is Brett, go on our <laughs> iTunes and give us five stars and write accept. If you give us five stars, we'll change the roach's name from Brett to something else. There you go. If your name is Brett. Okay. So Moving you know on. what? Did I, they have I don't BO? Know. Did where they you, sweat? Where are you going with that? I'm just wondering pre fall, was there sweat and did they stink? I don't think they stank, but did they sweat? I have no idea. I don't either. I do not I have even no answer for I this. do not even know why you would it. It's one of the things that I wonder up. about. Because as I work, I wonder about work before the fall. Oh, huh. And pulling weeds and different yeah. things like that. And I think, hmm. Huh. I mean, were they planting new trees? What was their work? Okay. Wow. And we're going to end with my favorite question. Yeah. This is my favorite one. Mm-hmm. And I have a very strong belief suspicion. <laughs> I suspect. Which I, w- I know belief. where you're going with this. And I would say this strong belief suspicion has no basis in biblical theology. <laughs> no, it does not. Well, it does a little. Zero. I mean, the Bible doesn't tell us, but it does a little. It's Okay. It goes back to the serpent. I have so many questions about the serpent. Right. So the serpent was the most beautiful of all creation. And later in the curse, we're told that the serpent was made to what? Slither upon the ground. Right. So my question is, how different did the serpent look or right. appear before the fall? Because I think if it's beautiful, I think maybe did the serpent have feathers? Did it have broad wings and feathers? So it could fly. That it could fly up in the tree. It was beautiful. Like I mean, but what's reptile, one of the most beautiful animals don't you think have feathers, of? Right. What is the one? Yeah. What is one of the most beautiful animals you think of though? A peacock. That's what I think of. Well, I was going to say platypus. When the most <laughs> that's, that's so bad. No, I think about peacocks. And Why birds, is that bad? I find I like platypuses. <laughs> platypi. Platypi? 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 <laughs> I think so. Platypi. I like platypies. So I think about, and maybe it didn't have feathers, but did it, it definitely got around somehow different. So did it have maybe legs? It maybe it walked. Did it walk on to Yeah, but legs? if it's supposed to be beautiful, did it, I can't imagine it. Did it a, coil up and spring? <laughs> That's the only other answer Call I can up come up spring. with. Yeah, it's like like, a, like, like I'm picture. You know what I'm picturing? I'm <laughs> a picturing. Slinky? Yeah, no, I'm picturing the snake on on Robin Hood, the cartoon from when we were kids. Oh, yeah, and that snake that's bouncing around. Yeah, that yeah, would be weird. I mean, there definitely the Bible does tell us that there was a change. Right. So what? So was what the did change? it look like before? Now, some people argue that snakes are beautiful. Right. I'm just not buying it. I think there had to be some other addition. Right. No, if you think snakes are beautiful, you have a twisted sinful some mind. Some other addition. I mean, maybe it had legs <laughs> like a lizard. <laughs> I'm but just even kidding. then, I don't know. Crystal's I really highly like the idea of it having some <laughs> kind of wing. I yeah, think it had maybe. wings. I don't know. And you don't want to make a statement at all no. on that? You don't want to speculate? No, because I, I, I do not want to speculate. I do too much speculation. And that is one area I don't need to speculate in. I'm going to let that be yours. When we get to heaven, will will the snake be returned to its uh, original Ooh, state? I hope so. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Well, Some pre, snake lovers out pre-fall. there freaking out. Don't worry. It'll be better. Everything's better in heaven. So you don't have to freak out about your snake not being the same as it was here. Okay? He's <laughs> so. talking about the people in heaven who are all planning on being snake owners. There, hey, I, I know people that love, love snakes. I hey, have a good friend Look, if you're a snake lover, I was kidding. Snakes. I'm so glad she you listened one, to our podcast. Insert politically correct statement here. Yes, okay. It will be better. Your snake, snakes in heaven will be even better. You will not be disappointed with anything in heaven. I promise you that. Thank you for listening to episode 10 of the Bible Talks with Josh and Heather. Now, on the next episode, it's going to be very special. Episode 11, we're going to be talking about 
some very personal applications, some scriptures and things that have really, God has just spoken to us and given us that, that word for a specific time. So we'll be sharing those. I think it'll be an encouragement. If you'd like to connect with us further, like our Facebook page, The Bible Talks with Josh and Heather. In fact, Heather, I've noticed um, uh, every time we have a new episode come out, more and more people are liking that page, which means people are listening, (laughs) number one. And it means that people are following along. So please go like that page, but also interact with us. We'd love for you to post on our page and uh, comment on our page, take requests for upcoming episodes and answer your questions. I have to say, people have posted their favorite Bible characters, and that was some great conversations. Someone got me thinking about Abraham all of a sudden, and I'm really becoming fascinated, and even God's using Abraham in my life right now. So thanks for speaking into that. Um, If you have enjoyed this, we would also like you to do one more thing. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. Uh, We want to hear from you. We want to hear, and we don't want you to miss. You can't comment if you're not listening. Yes, thank you again, and especially thank you to Slacks111, who gave us a five-star review and wrote a great review on our uh, podcast on iTunes. And we'd love for you to do the same thing. We'll call you out and uh, appreciate that as well. Again, thank you for listening. And remember, when the Bible talks, we better listen.